Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blue Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And after an emotional day at the Etihad on Sunday where Manchester City thrashed Everton 5-0, Sergio Aguero won man of the match. City lifted another Premier League trophy. Edison saved a penalty. And Pep shed a tear or two. Well, all three of my guests were celebrating in Manchester at the weekend. I, sadly, was about 190 miles away having to uh, watch it on television. But I'd love to hear your experiences celebrating at the weekend. Who should we start with? Tony, let's start with your celebrations on Sunday, please. Tell us all about it. Well, it was a great day. It was my mother's 80th. So, uh, sadly, I was a couple of miles away from the Etihad, but but wasn't able to attend. And it seems to be my luck. My uh, son's fourth birthday party was the very afternoon that uh, Sergio Aguero scored in the 94th minute. So we missed that one. Um, so not great, but a great family day. And listen, it was great to be in Manchester, see the blue flags. And of course, we won. So all good. Well, many happy turns to Estelle. We wish her a happy 80th birthday. Thank you very much. I did know that. I led us into that slightly. But two of my other guests were at the Etihad on Sunday. We want to hear all about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's start getting all emotional here already. Let's start with Rob Barron, CTID. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the show. Tell it. How did it feel to be back at the Etihad Stadium? Rob, you, you lucky, lucky man. I was lucky and it was, it was wonderful. It, this is someone who w- waited 40 years for an occasion like this. And to get so many coming along so quickly doesn't make any difference. It was absolutely fabulous. Every moment that I was in Manchester was thrilling. The, co- the team coach came along and there was people crowded around. I couldn't understand why they were so excited. I got close up and I could see that Guardiola was inside conducting people, singing, uh, and welcoming everyone coming round. It was it was just uh, thrilling. And then inside the ground, I saw Mike Summerby, Francis Lee, Jake Tindall doing a wonderful uh, piece of work lifting the trophy. Olga Hallam was uh, on her birthday. I think she's 99 or something like that. Um, the whole nature of the day was just thrilling, and it was a privilege to be there. 
John, you too, um, you lucky man, you were also there, John, uh, as you have on many occasions like this. But but how did this compare being back at the stadium, John? Well, it was a wonderful occasion, but I, I, I got there despite Network Rail rather than because of them, because if anyone had travelled by train yesterday or any time during the last three days will know, yet again, Network Rail, thank God they're going out of business, Network Rail screwed up with signalling problems north of Houston. So I was supposed to go up there and have a lovely lunch with some old mates. Uh, I never made the lunch. I arrived about five minutes before the kickoff. I enjoyed the game tremendously. I agree with Rob. As soon as I walked into that stadium, the first time in my case in 15 months, I felt a buzz. I mean, it's hard to describe. It sounds a bit a bit softly, but I, I did feel a genuine buzz. I felt deep joy I was there. And what a fabulous occasion it was. A great match. Superb performance by every single member uh, of, of our, our squad. And at the end of it, not much celebration because this train was still in chaos. So it was back on back onto Avanti for a glass of their lukewarm, fizzy white wine, which wasn't supposed to be fizzy in the first place, and a, and a broken biscuit. Forgot about that. <laughs> Fantastic. That's how to live. Five-star living, mate. So did you not stay for the celebration? Did you have to leave before the trip? Well, I, because I looked at my... I, I went on the website, Avanti website, and it was just chaos and i just thought i could be all i hadn't got an overnight bag i could have checked in hotel but i hadn't got an overnight bag i thought get down to that station uh, and watch the celebrations on 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 the telly later on which i which i did in a muted form but i was told they didn't even start till 20 to 7 the game ended at 10 to 6 so i I, in the end i was glad i went to the station it's boring detail this but i was glad i went to the station at least i got home eventually (laughs) even that train was late as well Well done. Listen, let's talk about the game, should we? Because actually, as you've already said, it was a fantastic support, a fantastic performance all round, and a strong lineup as well, Tony. Um, you know, we talked in previous weeks. How's Pep going to flex his squad to make sure he avoids injuries but keep people match fit? And it was probably we might come on to this, but it probably wasn't short of the full strength squad on the day. It wasn't, and to be fair to him, he'd said because Everton had a chance of getting into Europe, it was only fair he picked a good team. I was pleased, actually. I just worried we might have lost a little bit of momentum going into the big game next week. And as John said, had they just clicked, it was like they'd never been away. It was like we'd never been away. Everything was there, the performance, the panache. You know, I thought just about everyone had a great game. I suspect we know nine of the starters for next week, but it was really reassuring. You know, Chelsea will not want to watch that game back. They will be having kittens seeing how we performed, and we can even save penalties now as well, so all good. And Rob, athletes talk about peaking, don't they, just at the right time. And uh, to say, uh, you could say we've peaked, have we? Maybe, hopefully not just yet. Hopefully we'll peak next week, but we are building to a crescendo, and it looked as though they're really ticking as a team, and, and it does bode well for next week, doesn't it? There were, there were three, uh, everyone played well, but there were three sensational performances yesterday. De Bruyne was the very best player on the pitch. He made so many passes of genius that it was just a privilege. If no one else had been there, I, I, I would have enjoyed watching him. Foden was magnificent. And Fernandinho, I mean, he's 36. He played like a schoolboy. And they, they, they gave... Uh, Sterling, so many opportunities to score, uh, and, and Sterling played better than he has done recently, as did Jesus. So I agree that, that Pep has managed it so that everyone is reaching their peak. Uh, De Bruyne has looked a bit tired in the last couple of months. He didn't look tired on Sunday. And I go into the weekend not overconfident, but really thinking we're going to give them a great game. 
Who stood out for you, John? I mean, a couple of names have been mentioned. Do you want, do you want to uh, add any more to that list? Well, I, I agree with Rob. I mean, obviously, Aguero got Man of the Match award because it was Aguero's day. But how he get Man of the Match when he only played for half an hour, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, who would begrudge him that? I mean, this was like, you know, real-life Roy of the Rovers, wasn't it, Aguero? Coming on in the last half hour, scoring two goals. Fantastic. Real-life Roy of the Rovers. But I agree. De Bruyne was the man of the match. I mean, he didn't put a foot wrong. It was a class display. I was sitting next to someone who, who was a, a, an Everton fan, to be honest with you, uh, if truth be told, and just just you know acknowledged everything I said about De Bruyne. Sensational play. And Fernandinho, just been talking to a friend of mine uh, and and saying we I, he hopes, and I hope, he plays Fernandinho next next, uh, next Saturday, actually, because apart from anything else, and there's nothing wrong with Rodri. Rodri's a good player, a great player. But Fernandinho is a great captain on the field. He's a leader of men, right? And assuming he doesn't get sent off, uh, <laughs> he, he's a huge, huge asset. And I would play him, and I don't care what, how old he is, I would play him, well, can't play him every week, obviously, but I would, I would certainly play him next, 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 uh, next weekend on the strength of his performance uh, yesterday. Can I share a little something just amongst us girls? No, no one's listening, yeah. so it's just kind of between us four, if that's all right, that... I think Fernandinho is my second favourite ever Manchester City player. Colin Bell. Colin I was going to say. As, as I've said on many occasions, <laughs> take something to be in. But you know what? Yaya Torre, Vincent Company, David Silva, Sergio Aguero, Kevin De Bruyne, all absolutely fantastic. But this player, and I've said it in previous weeks, the more I think about it, and that performance again yesterday at his age, the influence he has on this team... He is absolutely magnificent, and I just think he's brilliant. And I, I, I'm giving him that. I'm now giving him a for, that formal status of being number two to Colin Bell. I'm just interested, Rob. You were, you were nodding. I'm not sure if you were falling asleep or actually nodding in agreement with my with my statements about Fernandinho. Do, do you agree? Is that a bit too much, or, or are you with me? You know, we're we're so lucky to have so many great players that really it's invidious to try and rank them. I, I can't see anybody being above Kevin De Bruyne apart from Colin Bell. And, and it's a close-run thing between those two and David Silva. But he's in there with the best of them, and uh, it's just a privilege to watch him. So uh, you you go for it. And let's hope that he doesn't get booked or sent off on... on so he'll get booked. He'll get booked. Come on. We know he'll get booked. <laughs> he won't be doing his job if he's not booked. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's just um, talk about a little bit more about the, the game as well and, and some of the goals as well. John, just sort of take us through whichever goals you fancy. Just remind everybody, obviously, Kevin got the first, James yeah. Wilson, then Foden. Maybe do those three. I want to talk about Sergio separately and we can include his goals in that. So maybe kick off with, with those three goals. De Bruyne, Jesus and Foden, all, all great goals in their own mind. All, all fabulous goals. And let's, let's face it, I mean, it was all over in 14 minutes, wasn't it? I mean, I, when as soon, as soon as De Bruyne scored that magnificent goal, how beautifully placed in the, into, the, into the corner there. And, and, and hats off to young Jesus, who, you know, left one of their defenders for dead, turned on his heel and walloped it into the far corner as well. Both sensational goals, um, and you know, worthy of winning any game uh, on their own. No, I mean it was there was not. It was it, it took us about ten minutes to get going, didn't it? Basically, but after that, after that ten minutes, there was only one side ever in it. And uh, despite the penalty, which I think was a bit of a dive anyway, um, you know, they were they never had a they never had a look in, did they? No, the, 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 those two goals 
set it up beautifully for us. And from that point on, brilliantly taken goals. From that point on, it was never, ever, ever going to be any, any winner but City. Um, Tony, pick up the Foden goal for us then before we get on to Aguero. Any, any thoughts about that and maybe a few words about him as well? Because he's not had a bad season, has he, the boy Foden? Boy done good. He's what, he's 20, isn't he? And he's got his third Premier League title. He's, uh, he's going some. Oh, it was a lovely finish, wasn't it? Good to see Sterling involved in that. And Jesus, as we said, um, it's all coming together nicely. It, it's such a pleasure to see Foden play. He, he's, he just plays with such joy. He plays like we all dream of, doesn't he? And he, he deserved that goal for his overall performance. Delighted for him. And it was just a, just a great, Joyous occasion, wasn't it? I thought I worried Everton might try and kick lumps out of us and see if we were up for it, but we just blew them away. We're just different class, different class. I just wonder, Nigel, if I may intervene briefly, um, why it is that you know they can play like that then, which was superb, and lose to Brighton. And, and have you thought? You obviously thought about it, John. Do you have? Do you have the answer as well? No, I don't. I mean, I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't because I, except that I think. I think they were relaxed yesterday. I think that, they, you know, they, 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 were, they were confident and they were relaxed. Now, whether they'll be relaxed next Saturday is, not, is, a, is another issue. But there was a mood of calm there. I mean, it didn't matter, obviously, whether we won, lost or drew. But I, I just felt that they, they thought they went onto that pitch thing. We're going to dictate the agenda here. And boy, did they do so. And I, I, I assume, I don't know whether they may not have known it themselves, that they just felt confident and calm and relaxed and it doesn't matter. Let's just play our own game the way we play it best. And boy, did they! Rob, Rob Tony, do you, Rob, do you have a view on on John's question, which I think he's probably yeah. answered himself anyway? But do you, do you have a view? The problem with football is you can't predict it. So uh, what, the reason City lost to Brighton was because they played with ten men for a very long time. Yeah, and maybe, Brighton yeah. were were a bit lucky during the game. Whereas yesterday it ran for us in the sense that, you know, Edison saved the penalty and uh, we, we, we weren't outnumbered. But I think it's a credit to Pep that the spirit is such that they wanted to win yesterday. You know, a couple of times, uh, De Bruyne nearly got kicked out of the game and maybe out of the, the final at the weekend because of uh, a brutal attempt to stop him. He, he gave 100% as they all did. And that, I think that's a sign that as well as being calm, they're absolutely self-confident that, that they've got a great chance now. So I think it looks really good for the weekend. Well, before we get to the weekend, there's a certain player we have to talk about. And we talk about him lots, but, 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 but what a day. I, I just think if you think about City and the way they've handled this with the with the, the, the that fantastic photo of him with an array of trophies around him, which just is just sensational on its own. The the mosaic outside the, the, the pitch that has now been dedicated to him, the, the videos of the mural um, in the northern quarter of Sergio, that's the 93-20 moment with his took about to peel his shirt off. Everything they did through to Dr. John Bell um, and the young boy, forgive me, I can't remember his name, who, who presented the, the trophy as well. Um, you know, all, all of that just came together brilliantly. And, and, and if the script wasn't already written to come on as a sub and score two goals, it's just an amazing, amazing day for, for someone who is a legend. Uh, and we use that term too loosely, but in this case, it's absolutely warranted. Um, 
I'm not sure if we've got many more words, but it would be wonderful to spend a few, each of you, to pay your own tribute to, to the man that is Kun Sergio Aguero. I mean, Tony, kick us off. What, what a day, what a player, what a decade. Um, just can you come up with any more words for us, Tony? There's not much more to say. I mean, I, I echo everything you said, and I'm not just proud of Sergio. I'm not just proud of that team. I'm proud of the club, the way they have transitioned from, you know, a laughing stock from the noisy neighbours. We've now got the best house on the street. And in Sergio, we've had the best striker of the past decade. And we've given him a fit sending off. And I think we've we've been hugely respectful of his legacy. We could have kept him on the bench for another season. Of course, we could have afforded to keep him. But he will go with our best wishes our blessings. It's incredible. I, I remember watching that game against Swansea 10 years ago when he came on and we thought, we've got something special here. And 10 years later, he's still doing it. And you know what? He's been an absolute pleasure to watch the way he's conducted himself on or off the pitch. He's never really, I think, wholly settled in Manchester, has he? His English is still poor and yet he's been the consummate professional for the club. Uh, and I wish him all the best for the future. And I can only thank him for so many moments of sheer pleasure and relief, as it were. Um, 93.20. Thank you, Sergio. John Stapleton. Absolutely. Well, I have to say, um, not just because of his performance yesterday, but because of what I hold him in such high regard, I still wonder whether we're right to let him go. I mean, you know, and I'm not the only person. I know that I've talked to several people after the game yesterday saying, is this the right decision? Um, even if he only played 10, 12 games a year. I mean, he, he is a matron. And, if he, you know, if he's playing for Barcelona, could be playing against us next year. So uh, bear, that, bear that in mind. But the other great thing about Sergio, and indeed one or two more, like company, like like Silva, like uh, Zabaleta, they're people we paid what seemed like a lot of money for at the time. But we got 10 years out of them, you know. Now, how many other clubs, you know, and that's not all just down to Pep, that's down to previous managers as well. Mancini brought in two or three of those. He brought in Yaya, didn't he? He brought in Silva. Yeah, that's down to the, the, their good judgment as well. So let's let's not forget the role they've played. Mm -hmm. But this guy is exceptional. I mean, he's just super, super human. And as I say yesterday, yesterday was real life for all of the rubs. You couldn't top it. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Rob, your reflections? Yeah, one small disappointment in the history of my relationship with City is that I made a pilgrimage yesterday to Little Lever Street to find the mural. And it's not in Little Lever Street. And I couldn't find it yesterday. And I came home on this train, which, as John says, is quite an achievement to get on one of those trains. And I discovered <laughs> it's in Dale Street. So uh, 
the next time anyone wants to go, that's where it is. Aguero is one of those people that you tell that your children and your grandchildren that you saw them and it was an absolute privilege uh, to watch a person of such modesty and such very great skill. And uh, two goals yesterday showed that he's fit and he is capable of playing a key role in in the final at the weekend, uh, being brought on as a substitute at a critical moment. So we shouldn't speak too soon that, that, that this is the end for him. And I agree with John that I have some reservations about letting him go, although, you know, he is very expensive in terms of uh, uh, what you pay for what you get at the moment because he's, he's brittle because of his injuries. But he is one of the few people who's played for City who's changed the nature of the brand. So it was always, when I was growing up, typical City bottlers. You know, when it comes to the crunch, they couldn't do it. So many times uh, we used to say they've, they've got uh, defeat out of the claws of victory. And that moment against QPR changed our lives and our self-esteem and our standing. And no one else could have done it. Balotelli played his, played his part in it. We shouldn't forget that. But it was Aguero who scored, and it's still the same player with the same genius. And it's been an absolute privilege um, to watch him. So thanks for the memory, John. Although you wouldn't have uh, seen it live, I don't know how many people in the stadium saw it. But Pep Guardiola was interviewed on television um, about Sergio Aguero in particular, and I don't know whether I had a chance on social media or on catch up to actually see the interview. I don't think I've ever remember a manager getting as emotional and actually physically crying, properly crying, talking about one of his players. It was quite extraordinary and very moving. I think anybody who watches that would, would be moved for, for any team. And the clear love he has for that player just says a lot about the man and the relationship. And I just wondered, you know, you've been watching City a long time, whether you've experienced anything like that and your reflections on that reaction. I didn't see it, but my son told me about it when I got when I got home after that long, long tra- train journey that <laughs> Rob and I endured. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, Pepper's been not accused, but it, there's been a feeling perhaps that Pepper's been a bit harsh with with Sergio. Uh, you know, this, this season in particular, he's had a bad run of injuries. Then he got COVID. He's left him out of the squad. He's left him on the bench, and people have wondered why is he doing that? You know, is this fair? What a, what a rotten way for old Serge to end, end his career, magnificent career at Manchester City. And some of that blame, I think, was reflected on, on, on Pep. I suspect now, quite wrongly, because he obviously loves the guy. And he's what well, he said, it, he, he loves the guy, literally loves the guy. And, 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 and tears, tears flowed. I cannot recall any manager, and I go back to 1953, as you know. I cannot recall any, I don't know the first time I watched them, 53. I cannot recall any manager. Uh, expressing that kind of emotion. Probably I wouldn't have known about it had they done so because the media interest and the, the sort of focus of attention was not as intense as it, as it is now. But I've no I've no record or no recollection of anyone having that kind of relationship with, with any. Joe Mercer, I, I did happen to know, uh, you know, not passionately well, but I, I did know and I knew his, his wife, he used to sit next to his wife, Nora, his widow, Nora, in, in that year. Joe was a, a warm man. Joe was a kind man. Joe would put his arm, he's the sort of guy who would put his arm around the player when when things were, were not well and he'd be on the end of a phone if, you know, the marriage was in difficulty or they weren't playing that well or they're getting a bad press or whatever. Uh, he's the first one that would come to my mind as somewhere, somewhere near that, but that was pretty exceptional. I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, hats off to Pep for, 
for you know having the courage to actually say what he really really felt rather than giving us the media the usual sort of sink bite of not very much frankly what's your reaction rob to that sort of emotion from pep i thought i mean pep yesterday he went through the whole gamut of emotions which shows what a genuine person and a true leader he is and uh it's to his eternal credit i was trying to think of imagining les mcdowell or malcolm allison crying in that situation and frankly i cannot i cannot see it so i agree with you it was very special but guardiola is a genius at knowing when to uh tell players that um, they're surplus to requirements and he seems to have separated this from his respect for the individual which i think is a sign of a, a kind of ruthless leadership that we need in order to continue uh, to be transforming. So, you know, huge credit to Pep. And I think what was interesting as well, Tony, was the fact that, again, I don't know whether you've had a chance, if you were still celebrating with a lovely Estelle, um, but, but whether you've had a chance to reflect as well. But it was interesting, he was talking more about him as a person. It was less about his skill on the pitch and what he'd achieved for City and what the club had achieved with uh, Sergio's help. It was more about him, the person, which struck just, me. Yeah, which was lovely. I mean, there's been stories about their relationship not being great over the years and him not being a Pep player, but Pep's always worn his heart on his sleeve, hasn't he? He's accused sometimes when things aren't going quite so well of being tetchy, but he's just being honest with us. He always has been. Uh, and it was very, very moving yesterday. You know what? It's been a tough old year for everyone. And Pep, as we know, has not had it easy personally. Um, and they've kept me going this year. And I'm sure they've kept many of us going through these difficult times. So I'm sure it all just came out yesterday. But, you know, why the hell not? Shouldn't they show a soft side occasionally? These are real human beings. And, you know, I thought, you know, I only hold Pep in high regard for that. I think he's he's shown what a what a warm-hearted person he is, and I think he's 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 all. We should always respect his decisions because he does it. As you have to be hard-nosed at times, I suppose, but he he does care about the individuals as well, and it's good to see. And just one final thing before we move on from from Sergio and, and yesterday's game to other news, including sort of football of the year as well, uh, which we'll come on to next. Um, but just the fact that uh, Aguero beat Rooney's record, of course, which was a rather nice touch, just to add that into the mix as well, Tony. So, so just a quick comment on that as well. I think Rooney's record was 183 goals for one team, and of course, Sergio has now passed that. So, just nice, just to add another another record into the mix uh, in what was already an amazing day. Yeah, an amazing day, an amazing season, many records for the club, and nice to put that Panenka behind us as well, wasn't it? Otherwise, people would have been talking about that for years, and he deserves it. He's an absolute legend, and uh, one more record ripped away from the red half of the city, all good from my perspective. So, Rob, let's talk about uh, Player of the Year, uh, Ruben Diaz. I mean, his first season in English football, a defender, they don't get it very often. It's normally the creative players, the goal scorers, but Ruben Diaz, Footballer of the Year. How do you respond to that, Rob? Well, I think it's entirely justified and uh, it's so such a warm pleasure to see the way that the City defence has been transformed by his competence, his bravery, his leadership, and how, as many people have said, the players around him. I mean, 
Stones is unrecognizable from the, the quivering wreck of last season. And, uh, he, you know, he played beautifully on, on uh, Sunday. His distribution is magnificent. But they have a, an absolutely key partnership. I think, uh, if I can remember, Tony Book was uh, footballer of the year and also mm. Dave Mackay. So very occasionally, defenders get it. But this is uh, entirely justified. I, you know, I think uh, De Bruyne must must run him close on on all this. But uh, I'm entirely thrilled that he's got it and he greatly deserves it. And at such a young age as well, John. This is not a mature 33 year old died in the wall sort of centre back. He's a he's a young he's a young whippersnapper. Absolutely, and you know his development has been a surprise to everyone. And I don't begrudge him the, the award at all. I think terrific. But I have to say, in my book, there are at least two other contenders from the City squad who could easily have done it. De Bruyne, obviously, and as Peter, <coughs> Peter Crouch said, uh, this morning in an article he wrote, Gundayan, you know, because. That spell in the middle of the season where we went on that incredible run of victory and had gone down and kept hitting the back of the net, you know, and just came on as a player I never imagined, in a way I never imagined he was capable of. Although he's always a great player. And don't forget the first guy that Pep ever signed. So Pep knew what he was doing there again. Uh, fabulous player, but he's played a crucial role in that development. And, you know, I, I respect Peter Crouch. I, I met him once, a lovely guy, apart from else. He's been in the game, you know, the donkey's years, and his piece this morning was saying, Gundayan for him was the foot, was the footballer of the year, and I, and it's hard to argue with that. Tony, your thoughts on Diaz? Oh, he's been outstanding. Let's let's go back a year. You know, we were down as favourites for the Champions League a year ago, weren't we? And we all had this nagging doubt that actually we couldn't defend, and and it so it proved. And he's made a huge difference you know for a young person like that to come over here to a foreign country to settle in the team i don't think he's missed a minute of football has he during the season i don't think i've even seen the physio come on and sponge him down once he has been just indestructible he's been the rock of that defense i feel sorry for laporte who's done not a great deal wrong but can't get a place in the team at the moment so to to displace someone like laporte as well is is a tremendous achievement. They, unquestionably, he will be the one we'll be talking about for the next 10 years. He will be the future captain of this club. And yeah, I think you could argue all three of those players we've mentioned deserve the honour. I think he's a very, very worthy winner then. Before we talk about transfer talks and, and potential replacements for Sergio, I just uh, you reminded me, to, uh, Tony, of uh, an article I read today. There's one player, you may have all read it yourselves, but one player has played every single minute, not a City player, I should add, so a player from another team, has played every single minute of every single Premier League game for the last two seasons, and it's never happened before. Uh, I don't know if you saw the article. Anybody want to either know who it is or guess who it was? Any, either of you know who that is? Any of you know that? I think it's Ward Prowse, isn't it? It is. It's James Ward Prowse has played every minute of every single game for the last two seasons. Well done to him. Well done, James. Yes. We got a special mention on the on, on the Man City Show podcast. <laughs> um, so who's coming in then, Tony? We've got we've got a they say we have a choice here. The bloke called Kane is available. A lot of talk about that. Um, clearly, some would argue. Uh, we've got a young lad called Torres who, who knows where the back of the net is, uh, scored a couple of decent goals recently. Um, we can play without a centre-forward anyway. Or, you know, we know the history. Just just your thoughts on the whole Kane saga and, and, and where you think City are going to go with this. I wasn't 
particularly in favour of Harry Kane. Not that I don't think he's a fantastic player and he's had an unbelievable season for a very mediocre club, quite frankly. But he's going to be, what, 28? Uh, very much in a, a depreciating asset, as we say in the business, as it were. Um, I would much prefer to get Haaland, but Christ, it's not a bad choice. But I, the one thing I do hope, and, you know, bless him, as Fergie has always proved in the past, and as we've learned in the past, if you don't recruit and push on, then that's when you're in trouble. I remember when we won it under Pellegrini, we didn't recruit very well, and we were nowhere near the following year. So I think, I do think we need to sign somebody. I think it would be a real statement. And Christ, could you imagine this team with Haaland or Kane up front? We will be unstoppable. Have you got a preference, John? Have you 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 have your ear close to the ground? You've got lots of mates there at the Etihad. I'm sure you can give us an exclusive now on the on the Man City show. Surely, as to what City are going to do, we look forward to it. Let, let us know, John. Come on, spill the beans, mate. My professional career is done. Oh boy, my <laughs> I'm just a fan like everybody else. No, I don't have any insight at all. I I, I agree actually with Tony. I, I think. Um, Kane, as I've said before, a great player and all that, but he's 27, 28 years old, isn't he? Something like that. He's had a few injury ankle issues and stuff like that. Obviously, I think Haaland would be a better choice. I, and I agree with Tony when Tony says we, we mustn't make the mistake of failing to recruit again because we made that mistake with not replacing company in a different position, obviously, didn't we? Uh, and we could make the same mistake again. Having said all that, you know, we don't play half bad without a centre forward, do we? You know, and, you know, and it's quite possible on Saturday we'll play without a centre forward. You know, De Bruyne taking that role, uh, and you know, I, I wouldn't be dismayed if, if we did. So, for me, it would be Haaland um, rather than Kane. But the money's silly, isn't it? I mean, the money is 150 million quid, and, and I, I think that Sheikh Mansour and his advisors, and I have no particular insight, I stress on this whatsoever. Um, may well take the view that, you know, they've been taken for a bit of a ride there because of their wealth and they don't want to be seen as a soft touch. Um, you know, for a player who's never played in the Premier League, it's a hell of a lot of money, as dynamic as he is. And that's true, isn't it, Rob, that, that we have a good track record, don't we, of sort of saying we, we have a ceiling here uh, without mentioning players, but there's one just, just outside Manchester who turned up there who we maybe had our eye on before we went for Diaz and we weren't prepared to go silly money. So I'm interested to know your thoughts as to here's two strikers that seem to be constantly linked with City, uh, both with very, very high price tags, but our history says we don't pay that sort of money. Do, do you have a view? Well, I know in I've read the media, uh, which is disgracefully uh, hostile to City, the sports journalists. And uh, you know, in the Sunday Times yesterday, they were explaining to me how United were about to uh, uh, make a, a big offer to to Harry Kane. Then uh, you read Harry Kane playing golf with one of the Neville brothers, desperately saying that he wants to come to City. Now I remember. Uh, one striker who came to City aged 27 or 28, whose name was Rodney Marsh. So I think we, you know, we need to remember that there is a time when you don't want to attract players of that age. Uh, I would leave it to Pep. I know that he has the right judgment. If uh, we can afford it, I would go for youth. I think Haaland is an absolutely uh, phenomenal prospect and would be frightening in that team. But Kane is a good player as well. So uh, we're very lucky because I think either of them would come. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, that would just be a dream. So let's enjoy the speculation, but not from the newspaper. All right, let's, uh, let's look forward to 
a first. Manchester City are in the Champions League final um, in Portugal on Saturday night against another English team, Chelsea. And one of us is going to that game. And it's not me. It's not Rob Behrens. It's not Tony Newgrosh. But John Stapleton, your ticket is in the post. Right, allegedly. Yeah. So how do you feel about that, John? First well, ever. I'm very excited, but I'm, I'm like everybody else. I'm slightly nervous about all the nonsense. Not nonsense. It's not fair. All the stuff you have to go through to get there, like you know the PCR test within 72 hours, etc. The match being kicked off. Because I am, I am technically a dinosaur and hopeless. And I just hope there's pro- hopefully a young person by my side when I get on, you know, arrive in Portugal or get to the gate to help me out. If I can't make my mobile work, or I haven't got the right bit of paper. Because it's quite... But my generation, unlike you, I'm, I, I'm sure, Nigel, my, some of my generation, I mean, modern technology just fear, fear, fills us with fear and loathing, nothing else. And, and that, I, it's a bane of my bloody life, to be honest with you. But anyway, that apart, I'm looking forward John, to... John, can I just interrupt? If you need a younger person... Um, I, I just want to say I, I'm offering my services now. Thank you. Uh, you're, I, I will be there by your side, John, 24-7, doing whatever you want. Just let me know. Just You've got my number. Give me a call. I'll be there, my friend. I shall bear that in mind. I was very kind, very generous of you. Thank you very much indeed. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it immensely. It's a terrific moment. Um, you, may, you may recall, well, you're probably too young, Nigel, but you may, you may recall that in 1970 we won, we won the European Cup Winners' Cup. And it didn't even feature on television because United were involved in the replay with Chelsea of the FA Cup final. And I remember seeing Sports Night, as it was, introduced by Peter Dimmock. Right? The, follow- the following night, the night after the game, introduced in about three or four minutes of bad black and white flickering images of this game that had been played in, played in pouring rain and freezing cold. And that was it, all over and done with. You know, So that, that's the, the different world we now live in. So... Uh, I, and I, I'm grateful we live in a different world, and I'm grateful that, that I'm, I'm going to be able, hopefully going to be able to be there. It should be a tremendous occasion. I'm nervous about it, like everyone else. Uh, one of our biggest fans, Clive Murray, a mate of mine from the BBC, as we all know, I'm sure, tweeted today that he's extremely nervous, and I, I agree with him. Uh, I, I don't think it's a given that we're going to beat Chelsea at all, no matter what team we play. Uh, but it'll be a great occasion, and you know, just wonderful that we've got that far. Absolutely. So, so Tony, let, let's look forward to, to Saturday night. Let, let's just talk about that team. We touched on it at the start. And I guess we could st- use the weekend's team against Everton as, as the base. Um, who do you reckon could... Could I give you kind of three, three options here and, and see if I'm right? I think the only real options are potentially Cancelo for Sinchenko is one option. And Agreed. That's, uh, Gundogan for Fernandino. And silver for Sterling. I, I guess they're kind of the. I mean, I'm happy to take any other options, but uh, those are the three, the only three I can really think of. Yeah. Carson for Edison, I considered, but I just don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> they both save penalties now, so I guess they trump each other. And I, I guess Edison will just get the nod ahead of Carson. But, but being serious, would you say those are the three choices that Pep's got? He's probably made his mind up already, to be honest. But uh, any others you might think about? Any other changes? I think you're there or thereabouts. I'm not sure if Jesus will start. We might might go without a recognised striker. I thought he did very well on Saturday. Did his did his chances no harm whatsoever. I think Fernandinho has probably got his nose in front of Rodri at the moment. Uh, Gundogan must start, surely. He's got to He's got to start, I would have thought. So, yeah, nice problem to have for Pep, but everyone's fit, so we believe. Um, and like you all, I'm trying to embrace it and enjoy it. I'm very scared. 
Um, but it should be a fantastic occasion, and it's it's there for the taking. It, it couldn't be better set up for us. And you know, if 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 failure is only winning the Premier League and the League Cup this season and Champions League final, I suppose we'll all have to live with that. But I I think we'll get there. I will do it. We'll do it definitely. Rob, you're, I hope you're right. Rob, yeah. Rob, Rob, I'm not going to be around. I'm going to be carrying uh, Mr. Stapleton's bags, of course, but but you'll have to hold the fort back here, Rob. Um, your, your thoughts ahead of that game in terms of team changes in particular? I, mean, I know we, can, we can't second-guess Pep. We say that every week on this show. But your thoughts on maybe how he might line up? I don't think uh, Sterling will be in the starting lineup. I think his recovery of form is not quite accelerated enough. But the great thing about this game is that you can have substitutes and they will have a profound impact on the course of the game after an hour. So we should be thinking about the squad rather than the opening team. But I agree with the lads that Gundogan and Bernardo are going to come in and the team will be pretty much like the one that beat Paris Saint-Germain. So, um, you know, Aguero and uh, Sterling will have to be patient and and may come on uh, uh, later on. But is it not possible to play both Fernandinho and Gundogan in the same team? It is possible, of course it is. Yeah, absolutely. And you think think he'll do that? I think he probably will, yeah. And who will miss out then as a result of that? Who who are you dropping out to make way? Um... Well, I, I mean, neither Jesus nor nor uh, uh, Aguero sure. uh, are gonna are gonna start. I don't think. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. And John, what what do we need to do here to win this game? What uh, they're a bit of a bogey side. I suppose two thoughts really before you answer. One is they have got a couple of victories over us and kind of a couple of moral victories. Although having said that, they've staggered slightly in recent outings while City have improved. So, I mean, it's kind of swings and roundabouts here. How, what do we need to do to win this and get over the line and get um, the, the, our first Champions League trophy? We need to play that we played yesterday. I mean, it's as simple as that, frankly, with confidence, with assurance, sure-footed from the start. Uh, and I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. I, I agree with it on the selection for that. My, I wrote my team down before we, we started the broadcast today. Edison, Walker, Stones, Diaz, Zinchenko. Maybe Cancelo, but Zinchenko, I think, has earned, has earned his place. Gundayan, Fernandinho, Bernardo, Mares, De Bruyne is a false centre centre forward, and Foden. That's my team, and and um, I, I'd I'd be confident with that. Well, I'd be confident anyway. But I mean, what do I know? I'm just a fan. But basically, that that's that's the team I'd pick uh, on the, on the form. Sadly, leaving Sterling out of it. Jesus and Aguero up our sleeves. Laporte, you know, if we're in trouble, you know, or we're winning one 0 with ten minutes to go. You know, and and uh, and um, who else? I mentioned. I think that's, I, that's about it. Yeah. That's, that's when is, where does Pep ever brought on as defender in the last five minutes to shore things up? He'll bring well, on another winger, won't he? <laughs> true. Good point. Good mm. point. Yeah. Listen, we'll say, what's he doing now? Then, then the winger will score. Yeah. <laughs> this has been absolutely brilliant. Huge, huge thanks to my three guests: to John Stapleton, to Rob Barons, and Tony Newbrosh. Uh, I'm off to carry John Stapleson's bags and we'll be back next week to talk all about, hopefully, a Champions League victory for Manchester City. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. 
This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.